Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. So that's Tuesday, September 10th, 2019. Coming up, I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered Election Day in North Carolina. This was a seat Republicans actually won. But remember, rampant voter fraud by Republicans in North Carolina. Isn't it amazing? GOP Chairwoman Rona McDaniel and Donald Trump, they've said nothing about that. Hmm, I wonder why. We'll talk with someone on the ground there about that race. Crystal Mason, the woman jailed for voting in Texas, requesting a new trial. We'll give you the details from her attorney. The Congressional Black Caucus held an event today to commemorate the 400th anniversary of the first recorded forced arrival of enslaved African people to the U.S. We'll show you some of those highlights. Also, college athletes in California will soon be able to make money off their names and images. We'll tell you about a new bill that passed this week. And also, the Department of Justice says the the FEMA official in charge of power restoration in Puerto Rico took bribes. She was arrested today, along with uh, a couple other people involved as well. Plus, September is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. We'll tell you what black men need to know about prostate cancer. It is time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. Whatever the... 
All right, folks, Republicans love talking about voter fraud, voter fraud, votes being stolen. Last night, Donald Trump was in North Carolina campaigning for Republican uh, for a special House race there. But isn't it interesting that you did not hear Donald Trump talk about how his own party stole votes of people there in North Carolina? That's the reason they're even having the special election, because of the rampant voter fraud from Republicans. Now, some say the House race there uh, shouldn't even be a race there because it's, it's in a district Trump won by double digits in 2016. Now, of course, this is where Dan McCready battled Republican Mark Harris to a near draw, but then absentee ballot fraud on Harris's part was revealed and the election was deemed invalid. Today is a rematch between McCready and Republican State Senator Dan Bishop. Joining us now to talk about this is Cynthia Wallace, chair of the North Carolina Democratic Party in District 9. Cynthia, glad to have you here. Uh, I just find it interesting how Donald Trump can run his mouth, lie about uh, illegal votes in California because Hillary Clinton beat him by more than 3 million votes, and how silent the National Republican Party is to voter fraud, where their own people got busted and arrested and indicted for voter fraud there in North Carolina. Yeah, so it actually, well, and thank you for having me um, this afternoon. Um, and it actually is election fraud. They yeah, election to talk fraud. about the voters doing fraud, but it's actually, this was election fraud. The voters were actually the victims this time. And they are remarkably silent, and they continue to act as if this seat is owed to them when they cheated in 2018. And we say cheated, absolutely cheated, when we now know how they were basically throwing away absentee ballots, how you can be, have a district where double the number of Democrats requested ballots, but more Republican absentee ballots were turned in. Exactly. And um, if you recall, I was with you back in February when um, the State Board of Elections actually threw out the 2018 election because they were doing what we call ballot harvesting. They were taking ballots from voters and in some cases, even making selections for the voters. And there have been up to seven people charged with this crime. And that is exactly why we are doing a re redo election here in North Carolina District 9 because of the Republican efforts to steal the 2018 election. Uh, what is the race looking like? Because, again, this is a district that Republicans should easily win. But uh, what is it looking like on the ground there? So I've been out quite a bit today um, visiting uh, multiple precincts around the county in Mecklenburg, which is the southeastern por portion, which when they did the gerrymandering, they were hoping to take out and bring in the most Republican part of uh, Mecklenburg County. And what has actually happened is this county has changed. And so and it's also with Trump and all of those antics, the folks in the sub suburbs are actually leaning much more Democratic. And so I was at one of our largest precincts probably about an hour ago, and there were strong numbers for a special election. Um, I saw lots of people giving us thumbs up. I had on my Dan McCready T-shirt, and we're seeing some good things. Uh, we do know this is going to be a tight election, though. This is going to be a long night. Um, this is a district that Donald Trump won by 12 points, but even with their mischief last year, Dan McCready was only behind by 905 votes. So tonight, we're looking for a, a positive night, but we know it's going to be tight. Um, you know, everyone is definitely entrenched into their beliefs, even with all of the, um, you know, the ballot and absentee ballot fraud that the Republicans did last year. But we're excited. Um, during the early voting, 
we had a really nice advantage, um, a little bit more of an advantage the Democrats um, had going into Election Day than we actually had in 2018. So we're looking forward to positive to results, but you're, everyone's going to have to stay tuned because I don't think it's going to be a short night. All right, then. Cynthia Wallace, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. All right, let's go to our panel. Joining us right now is uh, Kayla Bethea. She's a communication strategist. Also, Malik Abdul, Republican, uh, first of all, Vice President, Black Conservative Federation, and Michael Brown, former Vice Chair, DNC Finance Committee. Uh, Malik, why won't y'all talk about this election fraud? I mean, I mean, Donald Trump goes there. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's always talking about fraud. Oh, we got to protect our elections. Uh, and I keep trying to explain to you, your, your folks in North Carolina are something special, how evil and fraudulent they are. They literally uh, were trying to steal elections down there. Well, surely you can't be surprised that a president or any politician is not talking about things that don't paint their, paint their party, that things that paint their party in a negative. Oh, no, no, but, but of all people, your guy, the guy you voted for, it were... the guy you said you're going to vote for again, he is always talking about... Protect yes. our elections, election fraud, Absolutely. voter fraud, but he's real silent. Rona McDaniel, real silent. Of course. Lindsey Graham, silent. Tom Tillis, Barr, silent. Of course. And so again, what? So 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 but, um, election or voter fraud only matters if they think it happens uh, from Democrats. Well, we know that's how politics works. No, but I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Well. They didn't respond, but I, I imagine that if Democrats actually, this was something that painted Democrats in a negative light, that they would respond in the same way if it were Democrats in the reverse. Michael, so this is not, you know, <laughs> hypocrisy in politics, of course. Michael, we're talking about just flat-out theft of election. That's what we're talking about here. Didn't 45 set up some kind of commission to yeah. study voter fraud, and it was rampant, and, and it's only rampant on the GOP side? So I understand your point as well taken yeah, that politics yeah. is hypocrisy all over the place. The problem is it hasn't happened on the left. It's only happened on the right that I know of in court. But to sit here and Kelly and look at what they did here, uh, again, uh, harvesting a ballot, literally going to folks' homes, taking their absentee ballots, and tossing them out. No, it's disgusting. But I think the silence is more due to the fact that they honestly don't know what's about to happen with this election as opposed to just the outright hypocrisy. Obviously, uh, Trump is a winner and he only talks about winning and he only wants to highlight his wins. But when something happens where there's a very strong chance that he'll lose, because uh, like Cynthia Wallace was saying, uh, that district is possibly turning into a blue district because of what happened in previous elections. So with Trump not saying anything, that's probably him just kind of hedging his bets a little bit and seeing what the outcome is as opposed to just outright hypocrisy, which is an everyday trait of his anyway. Uh, what we're dealing with, you listen to what she said there, Michael, uh, Republicans have better be real concerned. They're getting just destroyed in suburbs all across the country. I mean, you got Republicans who are freaking out in Texas. Well, and now just... you got lots of Republicans who are also retiring. They see what's about to come down in 2020. They are not... House Republicans are not trying to be in the minority for a while. And they see what's coming down the pipe. Well, anytime you send a president, I don't care what party or who's in the administration, down for a special election in a seat that's been won by Republicans for the last, what, 35 mm. years or whatever... A president and a vice president. But, so that tells you their internal polling shows that even districts that are safe GOP seats are in deep, deep trouble. We saw it in 2018. It's not like this is some outlier. 
we saw what happened in 2018, and maybe we'll have, have good news tomorrow. You know what? I was, you know, we talked on this show about um, this whole issue of, again, Republicans and their uh, efforts to essentially uh, steal elections. And we talked about, last time we were here, Melick, I talked about how it was Republican Party. It was the party. Mm-hmm. It was the party when it came to how they wanted uh, voter suppression. And you were just sort of adamant about, uh, no, that wasn't the case in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of where they are. But <coughs> we are now getting more information from the hard drives of Thomas Hoffler. Uh, he, of course, uh, the Republican who died, uh, who was the one who was there chief guy when it comes to gerrymandering all across this country. And what we, and first of all, we only know about his hard drive because his estranged daughter uh, uh, got a hold of the computer and found these files. Now they are being used in these court cases. We saw this ruling in the North Carolina courts, uh, nearly 400 pages where it broke it down. And now we know from his own records how he was factoring race into how, how these districts were being drawn. And the re- I kept telling you that this is a party-wide deal. You kept saying, no, no, no. But it's amazing how state party after state party after state party and national Republicans were hiring him to draw their maps. It is clear that it is Republican Party, they're playing by the Republican Party to not only use race to draw these gerrymandered districts, but also it was by design to suppress the vote. It's not even in question now because it wasn't like it was one state. We're talking about state after state after state after state after state. So how can you still deny that it's the Republican Party's goal to have voter suppression? Well, I don't think that... I mean, we're talking about what someone's... what was on someone's heart. No, 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 not someone. Well, the, 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 the guy who... I'm not familiar oh, with him, so I really hold can't... Hold up. You're not familiar with Tom Huffler? No, I'm not. Okay, are you not familiar with the census case when the question uh, was asked about uh, citizenship? Mm-hmm. He was the one who told the Trump administration to put that uh, on. We know that because of the hard drive. Yeah, are you not? Are you not familiar with... Are you not familiar with the, uh, the, the, the case of dealing with political gerrymandering? Which one? That, that's the point. You know what I'm saying? But humor, you mean the Maryland one with the Democrats? Or? I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm talking about the one with North Carolina and <laughs> oh, okay, Wisconsin and okay. Texas and Florida. I mean, I can keep going. This is the guy. He w- this is the guy who got cancer and said, until my last dying breath, we're going to gerrymander as many of these districts as possible. The Republican apparatus put him on the payroll, and right now they're fighting in court to keep his hard drives secret by saying it was work product. Well, I think we just saw it. Wasn't it in the Maryland case, where the Maryland gerrymandering case, where the Democrats actually withdrew the map? And I forgot, I think the Supreme Court... And the Maryland case, actually, the Supreme Court what? I, didn't the Supreme Court in that, they kind of tossed it back or to the lower court? No, actually what, the, actually, what the Supreme Court ruled, the Supreme Court ruled that they could not determine political gerrymandering. Now, in the Maryland case, there was one congressional district. With Republicans, it's the entire state. Well, yeah, no, no, hold up. That's, yeah, that's one congressional district. No, 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 no. Let, 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 let me paint the picture for you, because obviously <laughs> you think it's the same. There's a difference between a single congressional district... Gerrymandering. ...and every single congressional district, state district, state senate district. Republicans gerrymandered the entire state. Your boys in North Carolina even tried <coughs> to strip the Supreme Court of their power... Mm, which is the highest court in the land, in the North Carolina, 
and give it to a lower court, a court below that. them. So uh, y'all took it, take it to a whole new level. So again, if state after state after state hired this guy, doesn't that prove that this is the Republican Party's focus nationally? Well, no, it doesn't. Okay, uh, all right. Well, it just doesn't, and I'm not going to agree with you <laughs> on that as far as this guy. I mean, I, if I were more familiar <laughs> with him, maybe I would be able to have a better conversation on it. Okay, you might want to no. you, you might want to look no, him up. I don't. I still don't. You might want to look him up. H-O-F-E-L-L-E-R. I, I will do that. Uh, you, might, you might want to do that, because uh, trust me, this is the guy who, again, Republicans nationwide hired him, Kelly, mm -hmm. to draw these districts, and they have evidence on his own hard drives how he was parsing districts based upon racial data. To Malik's point, though, wrong is wrong. If Maryland is, you know, mm -hmm. like, no one's disputing that what happened in Maryland is wrong. What we are establishing is an M.O. of the Republican Party to gerrymander entire states. Right, like the, the, the whole the state. The entire state. And the difference between that, uh, Malik, is that the Democrats don't have that M.O., Not established. You, you can't dispute it's, that. It's not you established. You can try, the but you can't dispute that. that. There, there, there isn't. I don't think there's a lot of evidence of the Democrats doing what Republicans are doing. But I don't think that. Well, I that's think the that, point of this think, conversation. Sorry, that's, that, that's, that's what. But I think part of what we're t we were talking about last week, and even a follow up to this week, whether this is something that's sanctioned. It's oh no! It's saying. Hold on! Hold well, on! He Here's why. Well, it's people in the Republican Party <laughs> hired him to do certain things, but it doesn't mean that that. Why do you think that the Republican Party is an entity on its own? without people. Well, like, well, people it, make up the Republican right, Party. Right, right. But just because, for instance, just because we can just throw out something like, hmm, to say that, well, you know, there are Democrats who support abortion. And this is something that the Democrats support, like, their evidence to support that, well, you know, Democrats actually do support, like, killing babies or something. I mean, this is, that's not, that's not a, the position of the Democratic Party is not to kill babies, but that's a consequence of what... But, but, but Malik, is. we have a guy who was hired in Massachusetts, Mississippi, mm. Alabama, Virginia, North Carolina, uh, state after state after state. So, again, I'm just trying to understand what the hell are you talking about? This, this is the guy who also was but one who split... North Carolina A&T in half mm -hmm. to ensure a Democrat wouldn't win. Split a black college in half. North Carolina. So, so at A&T, mm -hmm. you can be on one side of the street and you in one congressional district, that. and then the other one... Did, that I remember. This yeah. is the guy who actually did it. Yeah, well... I, I, and it was all by design to dilute black voting power. Well, I, I knew I, did, I knew about the case. I didn't know that's. The yeah, this is the guy. Actually, this did. is the guy. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that. You can't. I mean, you can't fault me for what I didn't know. This, I just well, didn't I'm know just that. saying. But this, I definitely saying, remember that case, though. Yeah, this is the guy. And also, you keep saying how a Republican hired him. Yeah, but you have uh, Republican organizations who want to keep his file secret. Well, well, I would imagine so. Again, we're getting back to the whole hypocrisy argument. No one's going to want any information that comes out publicly that paints them in a bad light. I don't think that's... <laughs> it's, it's, it shouldn't be that much of a surprise that that's something that the Republican... People want to um, hide whatever information he has on his hard drive. That's, that doesn't surprise yeah. me. Okay. It just All doesn't. Right. <laughs> gotcha. Well, to show you the hypocrisy again, folks, when you talk about that, uh, you look at what happened in Texas with Crystal Mason, of course, a sister... Uh, who uh, previously was in federal prison. She voted in the election, did not realize she could not vote. Uh, and, again, book thrown at her up to five years in prison. Uh, and so she today, of course, went to court 
uh, with an appeal in that particular case. And you talk about, just, again, an absolutely crazy story. Uh, and it's not like you have folks who are saying, okay, innocent mistake. Uh, it makes no sense to put her in jail for this long. Nah, Texas Republicans have been real quiet about that one. Joining us right now is her attorney, Kim Cole. Kim, how you doing? I'm fine, Roland. How are you? I'm doing great. Crystal, how are you? How you doing? I'm fine. Thanks uh, for asking. All right. So what happened in court today, Kim? So today, um, the second court of appeals heard our or oral arguments for Crystal's appeal, and they will be making a ruling on that um, sometime within the next few months or so. There isn't a specific time limit uh, or amount of time that they will be returning a ruling. It could take months. Um, some cases have actually taken years. Right. Uh, so we're just awaiting their ruling. But they did hear our, our oral argument today. So let's... So, uh, so Crystal, exactly um, where are you now? Are you, are you out of prison? Are you in a facility? Are you at home? Um, I'm at home. So, so explain for the folks exactly what's happening with you. I'm at home right now. I'm still on supervised release um, on the federal level, and I'm fighting the five years on the state level. Right so, now. so you, you, so you serve your federal time. They said for violating your parole conditions, uh, but this five years, that's on the state level. Correct. Yes. And uh, Kim, uh, do you not have people in Texas who are saying? This is ridiculous that you would try to send somebody to prison for five years uh, for an innocent mistake, such as uh, voting? Um, certainly. There are plenty of people here in Texas who find this uh, Crystal's conviction absolutely ridiculous. Any, uh, um, any Republicans? I, no. Okay. No. I was, uh, I was joined by the uh, ACLU and they presented the oral argument today. Of course, the ACLU has been working very hard. They joined us on Crystal's case a couple of months ago, and they've been working very hard uh, to fight this unjust conviction. Yeah, so it, it is just, again, uh, again, it's, it's crazy when you look at this particular case, when you look at the fact that they prosecuted this case. Uh, it makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, Crystal, how has this impacted uh, your family? Uh, I know at one point we were putting the GoFundMe out because you were, you were possibly uh, losing your home. So, uh, you know, what's happening again now? Right now, um, this is, I'm still trying to put the pieces back together. Um, also, uh, the GoFundMe account has been keeping us afloat. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm just, just when I when I went back and got back on supervised release, um, they implemented a form now, and it's a form that gives you gives you lets you know about if you about your voting rights. It it actually lays it out and let us know now that while on supervised release, we're ineligible to vote. Well, if I had that, I, I signed that form July the twenty second, two thousand and nineteen. But if that form was available August 2016, I wouldn't be going through this right now. Uh, well, it certainly uh, is ridiculous that Texas is spending the amount of money uh, going through this. It just makes no sense whatsoever. So certainly uh, keep us up to date uh, on what's going on, and we'll uh, keep letting our people be aware of this case.
Thank you. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it, Crystal Mason, Kim Cole. Thanks a lot. Um, th Melly, this is stupid. Yeah, this is like this it. is stupid that the de that the prosecutor there in Texas and the folks there are pursuing this case here. It five five years. That that is an absolute waste of resources. Uh, somebody who's all who already had parole revoked who went back into federal prison uh, came out. It's stupid to say, fine, we're still going to try to send you to Texas prison for five years. Yeah, I mean, I, t I totally agree with that. You know, don't know what's going on with Texas. Easy, uh, they probably moved from Mississippi. <laughs> don't try to put that on Mississippi. They probably moved from Mississippi. Don't try to put that on Mississippi. This is deep in the heart of Texas. Um, right there, right there <laughs> in Fort Worth, a very uh, red county. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, your party. Well, that's and it's your state. I know, and so, I'm and I'm calling them out so, in my state. For being and foul, so Michael. I can, and what I can say about what's happening with, in your state is that this sounds ridiculous, um, especially in an era where we're talking about criminal justice reform, sentencing reform, to put people back in jail, to make the taxpayers pay for what could, whether it was an intentional or not, essentially is a clerical, sort of clerical-like mistake to send someone to jail for really any significant length of time, a year even, or six months even, it just sounds ridiculous. And so I hope that, I think she's appealing, um, but, you know, I hope that that she goes home. This is pure trash, Michael. It's just, it's, just, it's, a, wa it's a waste of resources. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all know about the First Step Act, and that's, that's great, and it's the first great start. But until you deal with sentencing reform, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you do with making sure that the First Step Act is implemented. But the First Step Act is on the federal level. Right. Oh, this, this is state. state. And I'm not even suggesting this should have been even a fine crime. I think this is one of those you stand in front of the judge and the judge says, hey, don't do this again. Right. <laughs> especially me, when her parole officer testified. Correct. She did not know she couldn't vote. Correct. It's crazy. There was no intent. Without intent, you can't break the law. Kelly is crazy. But, but again, we see, we see how the GOP plays this game. Uh, again, again, this is a Republican district attorney, mm -hmm. Republican judge who she went forward in Texas, and let's throw the book at her. What really surprises me is that she wasn't the only one who did this at that time. So when I was reading about this case, out of the 4,500 people who uh, cast provisional ballots, about 39... 3,990 of those 4,500 people, those ballots were rejected. But she's the only one who ended up in court. Mm, looks you know, like, like it just seems like they're making an example out of her for no reason. And this is like the weakest case to make an example out yeah, of somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It does. Mm. They're making an example out of her. Mm. Absolutely. Yep. Black folks. What are you but at what that? cost? And that's that's well, the problem. I, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure that some of that 3,000 number. I'm pretty sure that a number of them were black too. But Either way, it's still wrong. Like yeah, if, and if said, any of those which people is, which were is being why I said that it, Which is why I said that it was wrong. But whether or not, you know, as you said, I think that they they wanted to make an example out of her, and that's what they're doing. And I hope that she wins her appeal or whatever and goes home soon. As opposed to those in North Carolina who actually participated in <laughs> rampant election fraud. Gotcha. All right, folks, going to a break. We come back. We'll talk about Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, and what's up with? Uh, Trump and his falling polling numbers. Why is he losing his mind? Dude, <laughs> suck it up, okay? You suck. People don't like it. <laughs> Roller Martin Unfiltered back in a moment. Rolling. You want
want to support Roller March Unfiltered, be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. That's my man, Gerald Albright there. Folks, he could be one of the performers at the Life Luck Jazz Experience taking place in Cabo, November 7th through the 11th. For his top-notch music, upscale destination, uh, got a week-long of events planned at the Omnia Day Club Los Cabos, Desil in the Sea of Cortez, and the Celebrity Playground of Los Cabos, Mexico, the Life Luck Jazz Experience. Offers the ultimate getaway for jazz aficionados. Folks, it's going to be food, uh, alcohol, fine, like I say, uh, golf, uh, spa, health, wellness, all that good stuff. I'll be broadcasting Roland Martin Unfiltered from there that Thursday and Friday. The second annual Life Luck Jazz Experience also will include many concerts, the Spirit of Jazz Gospel Brunch and Jazz Sunset Cruise. The confirmed guests, comedian actor Mark Curry, as I said, Jill Albright, Alex Bunyong, Raul Madan, Incognito, Pieces of a Dream, Kirk Whalem, Average White Band, Donna McClurkin, Shalea, Roy Ayers, Tom Brown, Ronnie Laws, and Ernest Quarles. For more information, visit lifeluxjazz.com, L-I-F-E-L-U-X-E-J-A-Z-Z.com. Again, like I said, November 7th through 11th, you want to book your package now. Of course, uh, that way you can lock in uh, the, the cheapest airline flights. We're going to have a great time down there. So while folks are cold in Northeast as well as Midwest, we'll be chilling in the sun in Cabo. So lifeluxjazz.com. Calm. All right, folks, let's talk about this issue, this being Prostate Cancer Awareness Month, a crucial issue, obviously, for men, but especially African-American men who have a much higher rate of prostate cancer than anyone else. One in six African-American men will develop prostate cancer in his lifetime. Overall, African-American men are 1.7 times more likely to be diagnosed and 2.3 times more likely to die from prostate cancer than white men. Joining us right now to talk about these risk factors, Dr. Adam Medwali, Chief of the, Chief of the Division of Urology at Howard University Hospital. Doc, how you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. All right, so let's, so let's talk about this. So first of all, um, I remember it was a few years ago when there was this whole deal about the test, whether whether they should take it, should not. I had black male doctors say, the hell with that panel, get that test done. I think that was the right choice, honestly. Um, the United States Preventive Task Force gave PSA screening a D rating initially back in 2012. And what happened was it created a lot of confusion not that there wasn't a lot of confusion on how to appropriately interpret a PSA test anyway, but what ended up happening as a result of that is that PSA screening has actually gone down quite a bit uh, in this country. And what, that's, what we're beginning to see is actually an increased incidence of men presenting with more advanced disease now than we've seen in the past. And one of the problems that has arisen as a result of this is that um, for folks who we're at higher risk, and African-Americans are men with a family history. And as it turns out, African-American men tend to have a, more likely have a first-degree relative, father, uncle, 
cousin with uh, prostate cancer, which puts you at a higher risk category, almost three times higher risk of having it compared to the general population. Folks like that were not getting screened. And so some of these cancers are getting away from us at this point. And, and that's an unfortunate byproduct of this. Um, I, I liken it to throwing the baby out with the bathwater. PSA testing is not a perfect thing by any means, but um, what, by stopping it altogether, it's a bit like an ostrich sticking their head in the sand. Um, I've always felt like having more information is better. Just because you get diagnosed with prostate cancer doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be treated. And while the United States Preventive Task Force did note that there was an you know, rate of over-biopsy and over-treatment. What they didn't acknowledge is that urologists had actually figured this out some years ago, and more and more men were being put on active surveillance for low-risk disease. And so we were already making changes when this recommendation came out. That's since changed to a C rating. And part of the reason is that while PSA stands for prostate-specific antigen, it's not actually specific to prostate cancer at all. And it can be elevated for a number of reasons. And it requires a little bit of nuance to tease out exactly what's going on. But rather than stop screening entirely, we need to just be smarter about how we're using it. So uh, when should men, specifically black men, get tested? And is it annual? Is it every two years? What is it? Well, you know, that's a great question, and it depends. You know, I wish there was an easy answer. So, like, okay, so my, my family. So my my uncle got it when he was 77. Uh-huh. There are no other men in my family who've had prostate cancer. As far as you know. For, well, in terms of, no, 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 we talk. Uh, but in terms of, I, when I think about uncles, when I think about uh, great uncles, grandfathers um, uh, on both sides, uh, that's that was my great uncle. That was the only one. And he got it, he got it when he was 76. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I'm saying that isn't that you don't communicate with your family, but actually prostate cancer is a disease of age. If you live long enough, you're going to get it. Um, so if you took 100 men um, who all die on their 80th birthday and you look at their prostates, what percentage of them do you think would actually have prostate cancer? 80. 80 percent. So if you live long enough, you're going to get it. But it. of those 100 men, how many do you think are actually going to die of prostate cancer? One or two percent. So it's a, it's, a, it's a cancer you have, but you don't necessarily die from. Got it. Just because you don't die from prostate cancer doesn't mean it's not going to cause you problems. If right. you develop bone mets or bladder outlet obstruction, it can really ruin your quality of life. So there's, again, a little bit of nuance to this. So for African-American men, we typically recommend at least an initial screening sometime you know, in their fourth decade. So 40, 45, somewhere around there. Right. If you have a family history, you, you really need to kind of do that. For a Caucasian men and other ethnicities, 50 is kind of when we start looking at it. Is it annual or? Well, that again, it depends. Got it. You know, and it really depends on what your number is. Okay. You know, and there's a, I, I think the NFL has a campaign called Know Your Number. Right. And, and it's really important for men to take ownership of their health. So just just like with blood pressure, know, know you your got, number. You got to know your know, number. Know and your, your blood sugar and everything else. You know, and what your weight is. You know, like, you know, don't avoid the scale just because, you know, you're afraid of what it's going to tell you. Um, and so if you're, P, the lower, there is no safe PSA number. Got you can it. have prostate cancer with a very, very low PSA, but it's far less likely. So if your number is less than one, you're probably in pretty good shape and you probably don't need to be screened every year. Now, again, nuance. If you have a family history, you might want to get screened every year right. anyway. So if it's lower than one, so what, every two years? Yeah, you know, so, so when they did the screening studies in Europe, and obviously African or people of African descent were underrepresented in those studies, um, they were not doing a screening on an annual basis. The American studies that look at screening were done more annually. 
Um, and so every two to three years is probably a reasonable interval, but it kind of, again, depends. You know, if you, let's say you're 50, but you're 100 pounds overweight, you got a med list as long as my arm, and you're dragging your, you know, oxygen tank behind you, you probably, yeah, you, you, you don't need to be prostate screened at all. Something else is going to get you, <laughs> you know? So, so again, there, there has to be a little bit of, um, you know, taking the bigger picture into account when you make these decisions. This is why, you know, the AUA really lobbied for what we call shared decision-making. You need to talk to the patient. You need to explain to them what their risk is. And then they kind of have to decide for themselves because this can be a rabbit hole you really go down if you have a high PSA and you need a biopsy. You know, the biopsy is not the, like the most pleasant thing you're ever going to undergo. And, and it has some side effects, blood in the urine, blood in, you know, this and that. Some erectile dysfunction can potentially be a cause so, or, or a result, I should say. So you have to really be making an intelligent decision and that right. requires a lot of information a lot of conversation and unfortunately our medical system doesn't really you know it isn't conducive to having these more nuanced conversations about these things all right well doc we certainly appreciate it thanks a lot for the information and if someone needs more information where should they go well um the american cancer society the uh um prostate cancer foundation they all have um, a lot of information about this where you can really learn and there is information that's geared specifically toward African-Americans um, and, and I think the recommendations are really quite good. Alright, appreciate it. Head of Urology, Howell University Hospital, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, thanks for having me. Alright folks, an event today held the Capitol by the Congressional Black Caucus focused on the 400th anniversary of the first 29 Africans arriving in the United States. Uh, here's some of the highlights. Today's commemoration is a recognition and an acknowledgement of the beginning of the 256-year history of enslavement in our country, the period that began before our nation was officially the United States of America and ended with the Civil War, a period in our history that was about the entire nation, not just about one region of the nation. So we are so fortunate to live in this amazing country with our incredible history. We celebrate certain parts of our history and the ideals that are the foundation of our country. But we have been reluctant to examine and embrace all of our history. We can't just embrace the parts of our history that make us feel good. We need to embrace the parts that are difficult as well. The difficult parts don't disappear even if we pretend they didn't happen, or if we just have a hard time believing that it couldn't have been that bad. The truth of the past just lingers below the surface, leaving us perplexed why some challenges continue to today. All of our history is what makes this country a great country. Acknowledging, learning, and then understanding are the first steps toward collective healing. And the knowledge of the complete American story hopefully encourages us all to continue the fight to build a more perfect union, a union where the ideals of our nation are not just a reality for some, but we must continue to make the ideals of our nation a reality for all. Slavery was a tremendous economic boom for America. Indeed, it was slavery that built the foundation of America's economic might. But let us not forget that so much else happened during enslavement 
So much else happened that speaks to the capacity of a people to make a way out of no way. It is a resistance to enslavement and the resilience of an enslaved people that we must recognize and honor on this occasion. Why are there such stark differences in the life experiences of black and white Americans? The answer is found in how enslavement and the years of racial discrimination that followed have affected each and every institution in our nation. As we continue to perfect our democracy, carrying on the struggle from previous generations, we must own our nation's history of enslavement and racial discrimination. Owning our history allows us to break free from its shadow, empowering every American of goodwill, of goodwill to have the courage to challenge everyday expressions of bigotry and hatred, and to be a nonviolent activist against systemic inequality. I am humble to my core to be standing here this morning between the rightful recognition of Frederick Douglass and the remarkable peoples who for, whose forced labor built this great structure in which we continue to struggle towards perfecting our union. And this is not a metaphor. This towering nation was built solidly upon the backs of our forebearers. The verdant landscape watered with the sweat and tears of the African cargo shipped to America. The soil enriched by my people's blood. Every day in this land, since the African arrived in bondage, has been a demonstration for the ages of resilience, intelligence, perseverance, intuitiveness, discipline, and self-actualization. Shirley Chisholm, Marion Wright Edelman, you are the dream and the hope of the slave. Colin Kaepernick, you are the dream realized. Carla Hayden, Brian Stevenson, 55 CBC members strong. You are the dream and the hope of the slave. Fannie Lou Hamer, Barbara Jordan, Barack Obama, you are the dream and the hope of the slave. Bayard Rustin, Toni Morrison, Michelle Howard, Colin Powell, you are the dream. James Baldwin, Michelle Obama, you are the hope. Donald Glover, you are the dream fulfilling. Oprah Winfrey, Mae Jemison, Langston, Jay-Z and Mrs. Carter, you are the dream. Charles Drew, John Lewis, John Lewis. And every Sadie Beulah Caldonia through the years, 
and every Kanisha, Jamal, and the Trey to come. You are the dream and the hope of the slain. All right, here we go, y'all, folks. Uh, we come back, we're going to talk about California now allowing college athletes to get paid off of their own likeness. <laughs> Ooh, you know these colleges are not going to be happy about that, and the NCAA will break it down next. Roller Martin Unfiltered. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roller Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roller Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, you heard me talk a lot about MarijuanaStock.org. Why? Because I want to keep you informed of investment opportunities that make sense. We've all watched the growth of the cannabis industry. A recent report by New Frontier Data estimates the global cannabis market at more than $340 billion. Of course, marijuana, marijuana legalization is sweeping the country state by state. We know that marijuana has a good cousin, the hemp plant, with a much higher concentration of CBD. That means hemp gives you all the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Until recently, hemp farming was practically illegal in the U.S. and heavily regulated by the DEA. However, the 2018 Farm Bill recently passed in Congress, making it legal to grow hemp CBD in the U.S. and creating one of the largest commodities worldwide. They need land to grow all of the plants. Folks, this is simple. It's an incredible investment opportunity. And that's where our good friends at 420 Real Estate come in. Their business model is simple. They buy land that supports hemp CBD grow operations and lease it to licensed high-paying tenants. They are hemp CBD landlords, and you can get in on the action. Now, what they've done for the folks at Roller Martin Unfiltered is allow for you to make a minimal investment of 200 bucks. The initial investment was $500. You can invest this, this in the crowdfunding campaign. That's right, 200 bucks up to $10,000. Now, again, all you got to do is go to marijuanastock.org. That's marijuanastock.org to get in the game and get in the game now. Now. Y'all know how I feel about athletes uh, being able to get paid. I'm absolutely in support of it. Well, in California, lawmakers have voted to undo the NCAA amateur rules, and the bill is now being sent to be signed by Governor Gavin Newsom. Both the University of Southern California and Stanford University are opposed to the bill. I wonder why. It will make it possible for college athletes in the state to make money from their names, images, or likenesses. The bill isn't yet a law, and a lot might change before it goes into effect in 2023. Now, I don't know why in the hell they got to take that long, but it's far enough along to start sorting through the implications of what it might mean for college athletes and what is coming next. Um, I want to go to our panel. Mike, I want to start with you. Um, look, I think it's, it's shameful. You can have a university that you can have a player who's been gone 20 years and they're still selling his jersey. They're still making money off of that jersey. And, of course, USC and Stanford is opposing this because they don't want, they don't want to pay any royalties to these athletes. And the reality is uh, athletes should be able to get paid off of their likeness because that's why you're buying that jersey. If, you're, if, if it's a star athlete who's number 10, you ain't wearing number 10 for the hell of it. <laughs> you're wearing it because that athlete wore 10. And, you know, the argument that the NCAA uses, or certainly some universities, is that, well... What they're getting is a college education, tuition-free. Um, and that may be true, but I think they're making way more for the university than what that oh, tuition yeah. costs. So I do believe that they should be able to um, make money off their likeness. Why not? And I'm sorry, if you're a bench rider, you don't get it. If you're a star, you get it. 
Yeah, I'm kind of I'm on the fence about it. You know, I I get it. I get the, the the principle behind it. I think I do think you know, as you made the point about you know, they do get college tuition, and I think some of them actually get stipends. And I think to your well, first of all, the stipend is relatively new because of the criticism right. that took place there. And the other pieces is here when you talk about scholarships. Okay, it's not like you actually get a four-year scholarship. You get grants in aid, which means it has to be renewed every mm. year. That coach can pull your scholarship. Right. Okay. And, and yeah, and I think to, when you were saying about, I think 2023, the law goes into effect. Yeah, I think when I was reading about that, to actually give them time to sort out all of the details. Um, but you know, I'm still, you know, when I when I think about the article, um, Jamel Hill's article, um, talking, you know, encouraging. Um, players to go to HBCUs. I was thinking about that and I wondered, I said, well, what will be the practical effect if that happened? You know, where, you know, if, if this if this actually became widespread and then will those athletes even consider an HBCU because there's not as much money to be made going to an HBCU as opposed to some of these, you know, Big Ten schools? Well, first off, the, the reason that you're not able to make that much money is because they don't have the same television contracts mm -hmm. and they don't have the same television contracts because they don't have the same athletes, your top-tier athletes. The reality is you can flip this model overnight if your top-tier athletes went to HBCUs. But, Kelly, what this bill, I think, is important, what it does is uh, it gives the athlete, like for instance, it was utterly ridiculous when Terrell Pryor was at, at Ohio State and got suspended because he was making money off signing jerseys. Yet, yeah. oh. the university can put 20 jerseys in front of him, sign them, and then take those and go sell them Make to money. boosters and go sell them other ways. And it's his, it's his autograph. I don't understand how this current business model is not slavery because you have students, predominantly black bodies, making money for a school and not seeing any type of profit whatsoever. These institutions are making billions of dollars. And in fact, check this out. If Kelly went to, what school did you go to? Bowie State. Okay. If you went to Bowie State and you had a music scholarship. Right. Okay. And... Let's say you were in the band. Maybe you weren't in the band, you had a music scholarship. Mm -hmm. I did, actually. <laughs> Kelly can go perform in a band, mm -hmm. in a club, mm -hmm. and get paid. Mm -hmm. And it has no bearing on your Bowie State music scholarship. Nice. But if you're an athlete, and here's how crazy the rules are. If you are a football player, and you're a journalism major, you and let's say you went to the local newspaper, and said, I want to write a column mm -hmm. uh, during football season or just during the whole year. You are not allowed to write the column because that's saying you're taking advantage of your football prowess. And yet... Even if you're a journalism major. Right. And yet you're taking advantage of my athletic talents right. making money off of me that I don't even get to see. So the entire premise is ridiculous. The reason why the three years are in effect is because there are, like, legitimate concerns that need to be, you know, fl flushed out before this law goes into effect. So, for instance, um, international students, you know, uh, work visas, things like that. Um, but the other concerns are really just concerning greed and how these institutions just do not want to pay people black bodies, predominantly, for actually giving their talents to the school. Like, a college tuition isn't going to cut it, cause especially when a lot of these athletes don't finish 
the uh, their tenure. Well, and what's crazy is that if you look at baseball, okay, you, you, we take all these different sports, okay, baseball, football, basketball. Look, they go to card shows, mm -hmm. and people literally line up, and they pay fifty, seventy-five, a hundred bucks a pop for an autograph. Mm -hmm. If I'm a college student and I'm broke as hell, and I'm playing ball, and you tell me now, I can sit here and say, all right. $10 an autograph, and there's 100 people line up, I get that $1,000, baby, I'm good. Especially you know, when you have students who actually need that money, because even with the tuition oh, yes. uh, scholarship and even with the stipends, they're still broke. Well, the reason they even got the stipend, it was because there were some basketball players who talked about Monday through Friday when the cafeteria closes, That's they it. were starving on weekends. Yep. Or when they came back late from games, uh, not having any, any money to eat. And so the, and it, it embarrassed the NCAA. Mm -hmm. but then they all of a sudden passed this emergency rule allowing for additional uh, food stipends for the players. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, too, you know, there are a lot of white guys who can play, who can play a lot of good ball. So I don't think this is something that's really Which isolated to... No, I said don't predominantly. No, I just asked. She said <laughs> predominantly. I said predominantly black bodies, because that's what it is. Basketball, football. Okay, no, 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 hold up. Okay, there there well, are only yeah. two revenue-generating sports... It's only two revenue generating sports, okay? It's basketball and football. She said predominantly black. More than 65% of the players, okay, are going to be black. In football, yes, about 90% in basketball. That, I don't think that we need to make this a racial issue. No, she said predominantly black. I, I, she it, didn't it, say that. But even if you're talking Melik, about the Melik, define Melik, where are you from? Well, I'm from Mississippi. How many and, black players in and, Ole Miss? And what Kelly mentioned... What, How many black... You know what? what matter of fact, let me pull this up right now. And, what, and while you're doing that, I'll finish my point. And what Kelly mentioned when she actually invoked slavery, you know, the, the enslavement of black bodies and things like that, I just t typically reject all comparisons. Well, you can... You, no, no, so, no, no. I don't think... I don't think hold on, hold on. First of all, is, first of all... I don't think anything is like slavery. Okay, first slavery. of all, first of all, you need to also keep up with the Constitution. Slavery still exists. Right. Slavery currently exist based upon the United States Constitution, prison, prisoners, that's slavery. The Constitution... Oh, no, hold on. No, no, no. So when she says it's slavery, we need to stop acting as if the only form of slavery is what took place uh, when you had black folks who were in chains and free. The reality is... And sla slavery... And that. yeah. First of slavery still exists in 2019. In fact... It's even more so where you have major corporations mm -hmm. who are paying inmates, in some cases, 15 and 20 cents to make products for those companies. Less than. Okay, well, when the enslaved people didn't get that stipend. So they didn't get anything. No, but the, po but the point is, but the point is if we really want to be technical, slavery exists right now, what's happening in the prison system. And the bottom line here, Michael, is, is real simple. What we are looking at right now is we're looking at athletes who are putting it on the line, and it's stupid that I am the star player mm -hmm. and I can't make money off my own autograph. Mine, my autograph. Yet, I could sign... When Johnny Manziel won the Heisman at Texas A&M, Johnny Manziel signed four or five helmets that were auctioned for 50 to 70 mm -hmm. grand apiece. I remember that. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if we asked, and obviously we're not in that time now, if we asked the slave master, do you think you're giving stipends to your slaves? He'd say, absolutely. They have a shack. <laughs> they get scraps of food. 
What, what do you mean they don't have to get a stipend? I'm taking care of them. They're living pretty large, if you ask me. That's I'm what the sure. slave master would say. So, sure. uh, so I have, to, I have yeah. to correct that for the record. But I do believe that, you know, this, this is a stupid argument. Of course, athletes should get paid for using their likeness. Uh, Henry, do y'all have my iP my uh, my uh, computer? Oh, up? he's found Ole Miss. <laughs> y'all don't? Uh, oh goodness. Okay, <laughs> he's gonna, uh, he's gonna turn check, it around. Check, check, check that. Check that. He's gonna know. use his prop. Check it. Y'all see it now? Here comes, Here comes the prop. Here comes Ole Miss. The the, the you roster. See it now? I know. It, 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 <laughs> okay. All right, y'all. This is the roster, the roster folks. at Ole Miss. If y'all, what you what you do? You just turn something off. Okay. Put it back. And while we, we're getting that together, and Roland is going to show us <laughs> now I'm gonna show you. roster Come on. Come to on, prove get the Kelly's point together. that it's predominantly black. So. All right, do you see it now? All right, let's go ahead and see if we can get this HDMI cable straight. Okay, now we see it? Okay. All right, we're good to go, folks. All right, guys, here we go. All right, scroll <laughs> it. I'm going to go ahead and increase it. Y'all can see over here. Uh, you can see right there, brother. Brother, might my be guy, brother. might be brother, 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 light skinned brother, 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 white guy who's a quarterback, brother, white guy, quarterback, white guy, white guy, brother, 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 white guy, brother, white guy, brother, 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 brother. Brother white guy, brother, 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 white guy, brother, brother, white guy, brother, white guy, brother, 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 white guy, white guy, brother, 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 white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, four in a row, wow. Brother, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, brother, white guy, white guy, white guy, brother, brother, white guy, brother, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy. White guy, Eight. white guy, white guy, white guy, brother, brother, white guy, white guy, brother, white guy, brother, white guy, brother, white guy, brother, white guy, white guy, white guy, brother, white guy, brother. Let me go back to the top. It's for Melick. One, two, three, oh, four, he's gonna five, count them all six, now. seven, eight, oh, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 5 white guy, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, 62, 63, 64, 65. <laughs> okay. That's Ole Miss. So, yeah. Would you like for me to pull up Mississippi Please, State? No, oh, no, Roland, we're good. I don't need you to pull up Mississippi <laughs> we're good. State again. So, uh, so of, of, the 80, the of the 80 or so players on the Ole Miss football team. The majority team, of them are? No, more than 65. The majority of them are black. black. The overwhelming majority of them are black. What did Kelly say? But again, what did Kelly say? Kelly, what did you say? Predominantly. You say predominantly? You said predominantly. So you push back. Oh no! I we should bring race no, in this. I'm pushing back on. The, I'm pushing back on the comparison to this as slavery. Well, I don't. I don't think your that they viewpoint are... of slavery, Melik, is not the one that I'm talking right. about. I'm just talking about the strict premise of working without pay. Right. And, and so, that's what these athletes are And so for me, just, just generally, just as a practice, just like I push back on conservatives when they talk about Democrats being on a plantation, 
um, or enslaved by the Democratic Party, I push back on it just across the board. So I just don't make any allowances for slavery, but slavery. I mean, but that's what this is. It's not. Well, me I'm just sure, but there, there, but there are people. There are Democrat. There are some of my conservative allies, Republican allies, who say that Democrats are on a plantation. But that's not the point that I'm making. The point that I'm, I'm saying, making is that NCAA is enslaving predominantly black bodies. Well, for I, they're they're not enslaving them. You know, they're 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 not enslaved. Um, I do get your point. I think it's a little hyperbolic, but I do get your point. But I don't think that they are actually enslaved. You know, these guys who are getting these grants or whatever. Um, slaves got grants. Know. They just couldn't pay them back. What grants did slaves get? There were plantations where slaves would get paid, but because they couldn't pay off the debt, they had to continue. Sharecropping? No, not sharecropping. They would get paid like... Uh, prisoners in Louisiana now, like three cents on the dollar. Oh, well. And they could never literally pay for their freedom. Well, I, I know that that's how it was with sharecropping. That's what's but, happening but right now. The Instead board, of three cents, I reject, it's tuition I or reject all mm-hmm. comparisons Bob to is here. plantation Bob, First of all, you can reject it all you want to. Well, of course I can. Bottom line is this is real simple, and that is athletes are putting a lot on the line, and I think it is stupid. And I don't disagree with that. It is asinine that a player cannot make money off their off jersey, of themselves. off their face, off their own autograph. But the school and the can. Univer- and the school, so no, no yeah. right now the school can. Right. And so I'm down with this, and I hope other states also pass these same bills so athletes can get paid. Speaking of California. getting paid, uh, ooh, a couple of black folks uh, working under Donald Trump, hmm, arrested today on bribery charges. A former top <laughs> official in the Federal Emergency Management Agency was arrested today for allegedly taking bribes from the head of a company received $1.8 billion in federal contracts to repair Puerto Rico's power grid after Hurricane Maria devastated the island in 2017. Asha Tribble, y'all got her photo? Really, y'all didn't get the photo? Asha Tribble, let me go ahead and pull it up here so y'all can see. First of all, y'all saw the name. Y'all knew. Yeah, yes, yeah, we know. Y'all knew. <laughs> let me go ahead and pull it up. Asha Tribble, that's right. Uh, here we go, right? Matter of fact, let me go to images right here. Uh, this is a New York Post story right here. Booyah, there we go. Y'all can pull it up. Uh, she, a deputy regional administrator, and another former female official, Javonda Patterson, mm. and Donald Keith Ellison, I ain't found his photo, the former president of Cobra Acquisitions, were charged in a 15-count indictment. Damn, y'all got a lot. Y'all, you know, what has been a lot of indictments under your boy Trump, Malik. Well, yes. Like, yes, this, I mean... Yes, this happened under Trump, but let's not act as if she was not a senior official. No, but I'm, I'm, no, but I'm saying is, but it's a lot... I mean, it's but a lot and, of no, people... The funny thing about this story, though, when I read it, I was like, wow, because, you know, there were a lot of conservatives who were talking about the fraud that was going on in Puerto Rico... And now we're seeing that that's exactly. But the fraud, happened. but the fraud wasn't going on in Puerto Rico. The fraud was well, going on at right, FEMA. Right, right, at FEMA. But in, and they were based in Miami. Well, in connection to what was happening in Puerto Rico, there's a lot of things that conservatives were actually out there talking about. Yeah, yeah okay. Much attention. Mm-hmm. But you know, let's not attack these black women, Roland. Who? Let's let's let's, let's not. I'm not attacking the black women. I read the story. Let, oh, I know, Roland. Kelly, how am I attacking no, them when I read the story? I wasn't the one who got arrested. Well, I know, but let's support the our black sisters woman. here and not. You Supporter know, and bribery? No, we don't. We don't have to paint them as you know Trump Look, officials or anything. They like work that. under Trump. Trump you know, official. I I understand that, and they were also. I know one of them at least was an Obama official as well. So okay, but now like, they're a Trump so official. It's not, so it's not like Trump brought them into his administration, and this is just a continuation of what's happening. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Trump. Uh-huh. Something. All I'm saying is, it's been a lot of indictments under your boy. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. <laughs> Like your campaign manager, 
Like your national security there, advisor. There have been a few indictments. Like under this. a few? A few. 55. None of them were related to the president, though. Matter of fact, y'all have had more... None of them were related to the y'all president, Y'all have had though. more indictments than y'all got black football players at Ole Miss. You know what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. How many, at, at, um, how, how many Aggies? How many own the Aggies? I'm sure it's probably the same thing, too. Yeah, we got black ball players as well. I'm not the one who's not denying it. You the one like, oh, my God. I, I didn't say that, Roland. Yeah, you talking about predominant, whatever. See, Bob, Bob, now, hold up. This, this I, let let me go ahead and deal with this here. Let me deal with this here. So, so uh, Mike, what do you make of uh, uh, Bolton resigning? Trump saying he quit. Uh, now I'm reading one story where Trump asked Bolton to go on the Sunday show to defend his policies. Bolton was like, hell no. Complete dysfunction. And I know there were some reports late that came out that he was about to quit first. Trump found mm -hmm. out about it and mm -hmm. said, oh, whoa, well, I better ask Well, him actually, he mm -hmm. actually, he gave him a... His was crazy. According to, according to uh, John Roberts at Fox News, uh, Kelly, he his... gave him his... Res Bolton gave the resignation around 1130. <laughs> Trump tweets almost a half hour later, oh, I fired him. <laughs> no, you can't... <sighs> And this ain't the first time he's done that. Right, he did what matters. Like, yeah. oh no, I fired him. No, you didn't. You lying ass. But it's just like it's so petty the lies, you know. And it's like if you lie about something this he small, petty in chief. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's true, you know. But it's just like if you lie about something so small and so insignificant, like the big things that are literally happening, like. What exactly is the truth? He, he spent a whole week lying about oh, Alabama and a hurricane. He yeah. and the fake map and the sharpie. A whole map and a sharpie, which is technically a federal crime. So, Malik, uh, oh. what's the, what, what? What? So, well, you gonna we, keep voting for this liar? I, I, I do plan on voting for him. So, you don't mind his lying? Oh, I. Now, I'm asking. Yes, I, I do. So, I, I, so, I, I, so, so you excuse I, his lying? I have lying? a problem with some of his misstatements. Hold on, misstatements are lies. I absolutely have some. So you, so you have no problem voting for an absolute, undeniable lie? Well, I'm not voting for him because he's my moral leader. I'm voting for no, him. No, hold on. First of all, a liar, that's not, that's not making a moral judgment. It's, First well, of all, I, hold on, I, I, hold on. I didn't bring up church. I didn't bring up religion. Mm -hmm. I didn't bring in any of that. You could be an atheist and lie. So to your question of whether or not this is going to affect my vote for him, no. So you don't mind... So focus so on you, policy. You don't mind the constant lying it, Whether Whether I mind it is not a determinant. So you don't I, mind it? Whether whether I'm a liar is not... I mean, whether he's a liar is not a determinant of whether or not I'm going to vote for so, him. So because I don't base my vote on how oh, much... So, so, on whether so, so, your, so your point is... I support your the point is, I don't mind a crook as long as the crook... It has policies that I like. I support the policies, and what, what I'm saying is, is, if a crook is in charge, if, well, he's if, not a crook. If what? Well, he's not a crook. So. First of all, uh, first of all, I, let's find out about this Air Force uh, plane stopping right. and staying at his doggone uh, resort. Well, he was, but that, but he's not a crook. Yeah, okay. Um, to your point. But he about, a liar. About John Bolton. Is he a liar? I'm pretty sure that John Bolton did. Is as, he a liar? As John Bolton said, that John Bolton offered his resignation. Trump told him to wait. And then the next day, Trump so I'm, so I'm said saying, so you don't that's mind. A really good spin. So you don't mind his lying. Well, that's, that's a great well, that is spin. what he said. That's, that's, that's a what great John spin. Bolton did say that. John okay. Bolton said that he offered up his resignation. Trump said, "Hold off on it." And then Trump comes out and say, "Oh, I fired him." So I'm pretty sure that's that. I'm pretty sure how John Bolton said it is how it. So happened. you don't mind him lying? Yes, I do, and I do criticize him on this show, and you know that. So. Yep. What policies, by the way, besides the tax cut and the judges? Because McConnell gets his judges done. So mm -hmm. that's not really a Trump thing. 
Well, it's under his, cut, well, it's under his administration. Was, we can't, we can't separate. We can't separate the judges from the administration that actually um, sends up. So give me the other policies besides the judges. Well, where we're talking about the tax cuts, where we're talking about what's happening now, you know, this is HBCU week, and so you Ooh. know, yeah, and he was it, talking to absolutely. Today. It was HBCU week, and I'm sure all of us are proud for the two million dollar STEM grant that Spellman got from the. I forgot which department. Um, which um, agency was it? But I'm sure all of us are excited about things like. Was that, that the first time Spielman got a federal grant? Well, it doesn't matter. It happened. I'm just asking. But it happened under his administration, okay. and so that's something that he should get credit for. Hey, I'm gonna show y'all this here. This is the New York Times chart of all the people who have uh, been forced out, resigned, oh, quit, my. indicted. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and roll it. And, and, and let's go ahead and roll it. None of Bolton, them are related Green, to Trump. Bland, uh, no. These are all under Trump. Well, none of them. No, these are all none of under. Them are related to any these sort are of all under Trump. With Trump. Fired, resigned, they know forced him. out, forced out, forced, re resigned, resigned. Look at that: Nielsen, Shine, McMahon, Wilson, Long, Shaw, Mattis, Zinke, Ayers, Kelly, Sessions, Haley, McGann, Pruitt. Forced out after numerous accusations of ethics violations. That's your boy Trump who hired him. Uh, then, of course, we got Zinke. We know he had some serious conflicts of interest, uh, ethics violations over at Interior. That's your boy, Melek. It is That's who he hired. Uh, and look at this indeed. here. Forced out by Bolton, Bolton. Look at Rex Tillerson, Secretary of State, fired by Trump on Twitter. I, yeah. guess, I guess you don't mind that. Hope Hicks, she quit. That's not how McMaster, I would have McMaster, uh, forced out. McCabe, fired. Dearborn, Khan. Look at all Y'all, I'm still ain't done. Porter, y'all remember Porter? He was, uh, he, uh, of course, accused of beating his wife uh, and girlfriend, mm -hmm. uh, but Trump wanted him to stay. Uh, Powell, Newman, Price, uh, Schiller, Gorka, you know, that crazy fool who's not really a PhD. So, uh, <laughs> Bannon, well, we know about that racist. Scarmucci, there is, what, 10 days. Reince Priebus, Sean Spicer, okay, lying about crowd size. McFarland, Comey, Walsh, Flint. Flynn. How you not gonna have Omarosa? Flynn, Flynn, no, that's Newman. Flynn, that's, that's, that's Newman. That's, that's you know what I'm saying. I'm surprised. Omarosa. That's Newman. That's Newman. Omarosa Manigault Newman. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Keep the hell up. Her. I didn't see her. And okay. of course, Mike Flynn is gonna be sentenced in December mm -hmm. for lying to but the feds. But none of them are none of them are related to any sort of crime that Trump committed. So doesn't Get, look good. guess what, Malik? Doesn't look good. No such chart existed in eight years of Obama. It it might not have, but this, no. Hold on, hold on, stop. This, Let me help you. Well, I'm sorry. It did not. Thank you very much. It did not. I, I, just, I just want you to go ahead and <laughs> accept an established fact. It did not. You can't. I cannot find mm -hmm. a chart like this uh, under eight years of Obama. Well, under this Obama went, was not a president. We ain't even three years. We ain't even fully three years in on Trump. And uh, Lord Obama, have mercy. Obama's administration was not as unorthodox as Trump, I would agree. Ah. No, actually, I'll probably say it wasn't uh, full of liars, cheaters, uh, and people who have no ethics. Well, I, I, or no I, I morals or no that. values. Well, I, I don't. I'm not going to make any moral judgments on these people. I'm just saying, but but with your boy, but with your list, your boy, I mean, you your boy, your boy is criticizing Mark list. Sanford for having to have for uh, for him having an affair. Your well, boy, of course he's going to criticize. Your boy shouldn't talk. Well, of course he's going to criticize. But your boy shouldn't talk. But of course he's going to criticize. But your boy shouldn't talk. But of course he's going to talk. I mean, you he know, cheated we, on the first wife with the second, all, the second with the third. We already know <laughs> third that this with the, is... Come on now. That this is what people criticize people's personal relationships. No, 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 no. But of anybody, time, he shouldn't talk about nobody no, cheating. No one should be criticizing but, anyone's personal relationships. But, but that's your... But, 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 but you're going to vote for him, though. politicians do all the time. But you're going to vote for him. On both sides of the aisle. But you're going to vote for him? find out absolutely. Okay. 
Yeah. All right, I got you. All right, y'all. Well, look, uh, we're going to keep holding keep this America to the fire. Keep America great 2020. Uh, first of all, we, yeah, America going to be real great when his ass has walked out of the Oval Office right into some handcuffs <laughs> in the Southern District of New York because I'm telling y'all right now, he is getting indicted keep when he alive. is out. Yes, yeah, right now, y'all, we'll keep hope alive, all right. That's right. And it's like, and and a, and a two of y'all black folks who keep keep talking about this thing. <laughs> y'all see, in a new recent poll, Trump has a three percent approval rating among black women. Please let that's me. not surprising. Please I mean, let me that, know when y'all locate that, those three percent of black women. Surprise! Black women only vote for Democrats. Please, let, you know why? Because they're smart. Well, you can, because it, because, well, you can say because that uh, because they uh, are the largest vote actually, no, actually, probably actually, I, history of I will stand with so. black women any day when it comes to how I'll they stand vote with them too. Because but black women, six percent of well, them. What black women are saying is black women are saying is we're not going to vote for a man. They don't have any. They don't have a lot of versatility as far as their No, actually, black women was black have said we're not going to vote for a man who we're not going to vote who for prides himself Republican. on grabbing women by the vagina. They said we're not going to vote for any black Republican. women are saying That's what black, black women, women are saying if you Republican and y'all keep suppressing not I'm not done black women are saying y'all keep suppressing the vote we ain't voting for you if y'all keep if you sitting, here, Romney, if y'all keep sitting here trying to sit here and take the Affordable Care Act <laughs> we ain't voting for you all I'm no, saying Republicans you, uh, y'all got issues with black women and guess what power to the sisters. Y'all want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Go to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Join our Bring the Funk fan club where we keep it real. Uh, your dollars certainly go to support what we do. Tomorrow, going to be broadcasting from Houston, site of the Democratic debate on Thursday. Also, we got a school choice rally taking place there, so I'll be speaking there. we live streaming that event as well, again, uh, on TSU's campus on Thursday for the Democratic debate. So we look forward to all of that. Friday, we'll be broadcasting from the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation, AOC. Uh, I've got several panels on that Friday. I'll be moderating, and we'll be broadcasting the show from there as well. And so please support what we do. We are independent. We are not owned by any corporation. We keep it real and honest and unapologetically black all day. We about as black as Ole Miss football team. <laughs> I got to go. Holla! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.